Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com. The Reds are back in fourth place after putting four past Bournemouth this past weekend. Uh, It was good to see the Reds get another win. And continue with their good run of form right now. Going into the Arsenal game, it's much needed. So tonight on the Talk On podcast, I got Jeff and Jim with me, Jimbo. And we're going to go ahead and talk about this match. We'll give our seat index ratings and go ahead and preview a little bit of the Arsenal game. And in there, we'll give uh, what we think our starting lineup will be and kind of our preferred 11 as well. So Jeff, Jim, guys, how you doing? Jeffrey, good to have you back on. So great to be here after a productive 4-0 performance versus the Dross. There you go. We're good at. Jimbo, back-to-back. Glad to have you on again, man. Yeah, yeah. Jeff talked about this embargo or something. I don't know what he was talking about. Jeff just spewing out of his mouth like he normally does, you know. I mean, I'm happy to be back. That's what I meant. (laughs) Here we go. All right. We're getting the juices flowing already. Gentlemen, go ahead and get the intro question in right now with uh, Liverpool – they're making their, what is that, four consecutive away games that they won by a margin of at least three goals. It hasn't been done. And with that, obviously, the, the other big record that, that uh, just happened in the Premier League is that Pep, uh, Guardiola, and Man City have now won 14 straight, which is crazy. And Pep now has three of the top five, uh, th- sorry, three of the longest streaks in the top five leagues. So with Bayern, he has 19, Barcelona, he has 14, and now Man City has just tied that Barcelona streak with 14. So, go ahead and relate that to the question. What is the most impressive winning streak or your favorite winning streak of all time by any team or player? Jimmy, what do you got? Well, I guess as a joke, I can easily say that the fact that Pep keeps on going on to different top five leagues and being very successful is a winning streak for me because Jeff keeps on saying he's overrated. So, I keep on proving him wrong. Keep it going. Actually, Everything we should just clash on this whole this whole episode, just back and forth between you guys. Um, no, no. In reality, I think I was gonna. I haven't really been watching any other sports in a very long time, Joey. But of course, I have to remember the winning streak that the Showtime Lakers had back in the. Please help me out here. Eighties, I think it was. Magic. Um, yes, exactly. Was it thirty-three games that it was in a row that was a winning streak? Yeah. So. Correct me if I'm wrong, anyone and everyone, but I'm going to go with that. I believe it was 33, yeah. So um, that was that was a great streak for sure. Jeffrey, what do you got? Well, I've got the 16, 17 Dodgers. How about uh, two LA teams? Here we go. Yeah, two LA teams, two guys from Southern California. Go figure. But uh, they had phenomenal numbers, a number of winning streaks. Best record since I think the clubs move out west. Of course, they fizzled in the playoffs in the in Game Seven of the World Series, but it was a pretty magical year from a regular season's perspective when most people fall asleep. Yeah, that was a crazy streak that they went on. Um, what was it, a couple months before the season ended? That was outrageous, and they had a, a really good season as well. Don't want to talk about their series with the Cubs, but anyways, we're gonna move on. Um, I'm gonna be <laughs> a homer as well, and I'm gonna go MJ the six Pete. No one ever did anything better. He's the man, all-time greatest, GOAT. So we can move on from there. 
Gentlemen. Kobe Bryant. Keep going. Um, <coughs> sorry, I didn't, didn't hear that one. Uh, yeah. I did not hear that. Anyways, uh, we're going to go ahead and move on. Let's just go ahead and talk about some highlights uh, from the match, gentlemen. And if anyone ha- wants to point out any um, beside, I mean, there are a lot to choose from, actually. Not just any of the goals, but there were, you know, a- any per- top performers, top moments of the match that you want to point out, Jeff? Oh, there's so many to choose from. Hey, we always pick the attack, so why don't we mix it up a little bit? How about big goddamn Joe Gomez? So confident on the, yep, you got it. Um, so Jeff. confident on the ball, Jeff. on the uh, on the ball, off the Jeff. ball, both he and Robertson, which is so great to see more of him. Um, so I was really impressed with everything that I saw in this match and his latest run of form. Absolutely, and, and Jimmy, what do you got, man? Hey, if we're going to be talking about the back, you guys have to talk about the first 10 minutes of the match where Mignolet had about four or five clearances, whether he was coming out sweeper-keeper style or they were passing the back to him and he was just kicking the ball. And instead of it going out of bounds, it would almost always go to one of his teammates. How often have we been able to see Mignolet kick the ball or come out sweeper-keeper and not completely F it up? Um, I think in one of the couple of times that he kicked the ball when it was passed back to him just one time, right, uh, because they were, they were pressing on him, you could hear the Borman supporters start to go the, oh, and then they would fizzle out because the ball wouldn't just cream out of, out of the stadium. Yeah, he's just like and Anderson. Then, exactly. And then, and then <laughs> guess what happened? Uh, what was it? Begovic had a couple of clearances where he completely fluffed it, and everyone was really, really quiet except for the extremely loud – Liverpool supporters, which was great to hear. So that's a highlight for me, if we're not going to be talking about the attack. The fact that Mignolet did not F it up too many times, especially in the beginning. I think he, he did a very good job. Maybe he's getting better, guys. I don't know. Jimmy, don't even start to bait both of us with anything like he's getting better. We can't we can't go into that Mignolet conversation. That would be way too long. <laughs> Jimmy, do you, do you actually have the belief? You're not just saying this. On. Do, you, do you really think that there is any room for improvement with him? No, no. Unfortunately, I do not think that Mignolet... I think Mignolet has... We've seen his peak, and he's not going to get any better. And he's not... I don't think he's a top, you know, a top goalkeeper for us. I think he would be great, as you guys have probably already mentioned many, many times, for for a team anywhere between 5th and ninth on the table at all times. And then if you go on the run of form where he's hot and he rides the wave with the rest of the team, I think that'd be great for him. But if you want to be competing at the top level... You can't have Mignolet. Nothing against him. It's just a step above him. And I don't think – I really don't think that saying that about Mignolet is, is a criticism. It's just the truth of the, the, the matter of the fact. Okay, Jeff. So since we're starting from the back here with, with Migs, are you continuing just to say, okay, Karius is going to be playing in the Champions League and that's that? Or do you want to see Karius in most of these games, seeing as how – I think we all sort of agree that Mignolet is not the answer. I think most Liverpool fans know that. So why not at least, I feel like after as long as Karius has been here, we still haven't really seen the keeper that he could become or at least give him some chance of a run of form. I mean, he's been performing, you know, pretty decent in the Champions League this year. Nothing poor, nothing, you know, amazing. He's just been putting in maybe, you know, sixes and sevens out of tens. So, Jeff, I mean, do you want to just know that, all right, Minule is the safe bet in terms of experience and being in, in, you know, in, in a Premier League race before so he knows you know, what to do in these types of games, or do you want to see any of our other keepers make the step up? Well, we're not going to see Danny Ward. It seems pretty obvious as many times as any of us have been 
hoping to see him. I, I mean, maybe there's still some holdout in the FA Cup. What but a waste that, not to loan him back out, right? You, you got it. Sitting on the bench, just chilling. And you're absolutely right that Karius is not exactly taken the position by the scruff of the neck at all or by any stretch. So you've got two mediocre keepers in the Premier League, which are not top flight, not world class in any way, shape or form. Um, they're both middle of the road. They have their good days and bad days. And I think the only solution to this point, if you're not willing to give Danny more more minutes is you're going to have to look outside the club and with so many priorities in the midfield replacing Coutinho and solidifying center halves I don't think you're going to see another keeper but who knows maybe we'll be surprised in the summer guys what happens though if Karius has a good campaign in the Champions League and Liverpool going far is that enough to convince you we have Porto coming up in the round of 16 I sorry, I have no idea who might come in after that. I, I think that actually you can't find out, right? Because of the way that they're drawn after after the round of sixteen anyway. But Liverpool get past the round of sixteen. They go into the next opponent, quarterfinals. What if they go into the semifinals? Would that be enough to convince you that Carius can take the mantle and be number one in the league? Right now I understand I think I understand what Klopp's doing. Um obviously Liverpool aren't they're in the top four probably could be a little bit higher you really really are missing those four points that they could have gotten against Everton and West Brom um but there's there's somewhat of a flow going and although I was my first thought after after the draw against West Brom was your plan failed your strategy failed Klopp the fact that he's trying to rotate and then keep them fresh the real test is going to come up here during the Christmas period if Liverpool come out being more successful than the rest of their opponents and they climb up to the, who knows, third in the table, then I, I might concede that the strategy worked. So there's a flow going here. So if, if Karius does well in the Champions League, I'm wondering if you guys think that'd be enough. Yeah, I mean, I think it would for sure. There's, it's not going to take much to tell me I want him to start over, um, start over many anyways. But I think your question is in terms of more of like the future goalkeeper and um, to, to be honest, you just you don't know yet. I mean, he was highly touted, but that can only go so far. I mean, yes, he had a good year in Germany before we got him, but we have yet to see that in, in the Premier League. And so I I really wanted this season, even though Mignolet ended the season the way he did, um, as the number one goalkeeper, I still wanted to see Karius reclaim that spot. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's just a little bit overhyped and he's not as good as he was that one season, you know, ever since he came to the club and broke his hand, things just haven't really worked out for him, you know, right away. Um, after punching uh, Lovren in the head, who we'll get to right now, actually, since we're getting off the goalkeeper conversation, who did have a header this game, you know, it was a good diving header, but what a play Jeff by Firmino to keep that ball in. Without a doubt, it was the most athletic cross I've seen, I think, this year in the Premier League, if not world football. So top flight football, that is. And yeah, that's off of a second ball. Lovren showing Matip sitting at home, uh, you know, in a hot tub or whatever with a blanket <laughs> drawn around him, that you can actually use your forehead to put the ball in the net off of a set play or a cross. So <laughs> at least one of our center halves is able to do that. And Lovren's done what twice in the last two years so this is it's good to see and amen this is the good part of Lovren of course to go with all the mistakes which is classic Lovren 
Right, and uh, Jimmy just wanted to quickly mention Defoe's chance, what you thought about that because um, he was onside. Joe Gomez kept him onside and kind of, you know, when Joe's looking at the whole defense, you wouldn't expect him to want to do that. But Lovernal also did step, um, you know, and Joe didn't expect that when he really didn't need to step to his player and track his run. Was that, what do you kind of cause that breakdown for um, when, when Defoe hit the post there? You know, I'm I'm not exactly sure. I think I, I I hate to have to go back to what I said about Lovren um, after the Everton match, which was there. I don't think he's mentally strong. I, for example, the tackle that he had, I think it was first 10, 15 minutes, where they um, they called it back and they they said it was a foul because he had like a hooking motion with his right foot. A lot of us thought, hey, that's a great tackle unfortunate decision but Lovren just lost his head like he immediately was upset about it and I think in that situation had he kept his head um show some some maturity understand that not every call is going to go his way I think it just would have been better for him which again he ended up doing was it 10-15 minutes later when um on on the it was on the uh, left hand side somebody dove I don't remember who it was I don't know if it was uh Pew or if it was someone else and he kept his feet, and he he raised his hands, and the ref didn't give a foul. I think that's the way Lovren should play all the time. I think he should understand that not everything is going to go his way. But when it doesn't, I feel as though he loses concentration mm-hmm. because he is thinking, why me, why me? Kind of like Balotelli did, but just <laughs> in a different way, right? It's just that I think that's his his only problem. Every defender is going to have mistakes. Um, it just depends on how you react to them, and I don't think Lovren does a good job of reacting to them. Yeah, sometimes feels like he needs to be coddled maybe by the manager or the fans. Um, I mean, I think it's by everyone. If yeah. he's not coddled by everyone, he doesn't feel like he can do well. He, 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 he has a really hard time of forgetting his mistakes, having short-term memory, which he should have, as, as, especially as a defender in the Premier League, and just move on, right? I mean, he has 19 appearances in total for Liverpool this season. Um, he averages about a tackle a game. He has one goal that he got because of this past season. He averages less than the foul game. He has, you know, four clearances per game. He do, he does okay. It's just in those situations where he can't f- seemingly move past his one mistake and it affects the rest of his game. Yeah, his errors mentality leading to goals is, or errors leading to chances, you know? Exactly, which happens to everyone, especially in the open type of game that Klopp likes to play. Exactly. And we've talked about it many, many times. Lovren, what he had in Southampton was a good midfield protecting him in his weaknesses. So maybe he just got too used to that. So he doesn't know how to react to unfortunate circumstances where they score and, and he might be at fault. But, you know, w- what happened against Spurs, you know, you, you, you dust it off the first one. If, and then you don't lose your head for the second one where mm-hmm. he goes for a header that he completely misses. You might not have found Liverpool down by so much at that point, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, and I think he just has some good games because, listen, he's a, he's a, he's a, an athlete. He's he's a physical, you know, specimen. The guy can jump. He's quick enough. Uh, his his strong suit is just not reading the game. Like you were saying, when he was at Southampton and he had that cover in front of him, he didn't have to worry about going out and and being risky on a tackle or an interception or you know, kind of losing his space. Um, and Klopp's system, also Jimmy, like you were saying, it's just it. You have to be able to read the game, know when to get back, not step too early, not go for not being too aggressive at times um, and, and you need pace to recover too. So, 
he just doesn't really fit our system that well, in, in my opinion. And so it's not that he's such a terrible defender that he can't play the game because, you know, you see flashes of it. It's just he's not right for this team, I think. So, you know, go ahead and move on. Someone who's perfect for this team is we got Klavan, who is just nobody's talking about him, which is a good thing, I think. Like, that's the main thing out of all of Klavan's games that he's played, Jeff, you know, is that nobody has really mentioned him, which means he's just doing what he's supposed to be doing. You know, he's a, a, an average defender, and, and at least he hasn't been calming, causing any calamitous mistakes. You got it, Raggy. He's good for, you know, for the last several performances, in fact. He hasn't had any calamitous mistakes, which his partner, uh, you know, you kind of defy divide the backline up into Loverin and everybody but Loverin. And I think everybody but Loverin is doing all right. Uh, you know, the wingers, or excuse me, the fullbacks, as we described, both Robertson and, and Gomez are providing start, strong cover. And I think Clavon has not made the, you know, twisty mistakes that he's, you know, lampooned for. He's now in memes as a result of. So if he doesn't commit the mistakes, um, we're not talking about him. And that is a fantastic thing. While we missed so mightily in the summer and now need to play catch-up ball and trying to find depth at that position because we just don't have it, especially with Klein out. Yeah, and what about the other left boot back there, Robertson's performance? Yeah, it's just good to see him getting a sea legs. He's going to need a number of different starts to start to you know feel comfortable in the team, kind of where Oxlade-Chamberlain has ended up. I mean, he is now comfortable in Klopp's side. He's had a number of different you know, positional assignments and it's been a series of games where he, he now knows what to do and, you know, he's developing a relationship down the, the right line, especially with the front frontline players. You need that same, you know, the, the same level of simpatico between Robertson and, and the left side of our attack. And I, you know, it'll come the right. crosses are, are on any day better than Milner as we could all attest he just needs time and it's good to see him. I mean, he he's tracking back. His defense is not, not to be questioned. It's just the ball going forward and he's got plenty of pap. It's just that extra level of finesse that you only get by playing week to week. Yeah, absolutely. And Jimmy, before we move on to the midfield, uh, I know you were a big fan of Robertson's performance last time we spoke. Uh, what did you think of his performance and also Clavon's this game? Robertson, where, Honestly, there's not much you can say that's not praise. I mean, I mean that was said terribly, but there's just nothing I can say that can emulate how happy I am about the way he's playing. There you go. That's much better. There we uh, go. <laughs> how many times did we see him running down almost as a center forward on the break? At least twice. There was a period where I think it was Firmino uh, put in the cross from the left-hand side and Coutinho missed it in the box. The first person who was going out for that ball was Robertson on the right-hand wing, even though that's nowhere where he he's playing. But he goes, he recycles the ball, he comes back. The best, obviously the best play for Robertson this match was uh, the, the assist that he gave to Coutinho. Um, Coutinho obviously did a ton of work, and I'm sure we'll talk about it for that fantastic goal. But Robertson is the one who is on the left-hand wing with him. Robertson's the one who they do the one-two. Then Robertson goes ahead and he runs alongside Coutinho, and then he opens up while Coutinho cuts in, allowing Coutinho to have all that space. That's all Robertson putting in effort. That's what we like to see. And I said it on the last time I was on, I'm not sure if he will be um, a top four 
candidate, I mean, the level that he has will be top four. But at the moment, he is establishing a relationship with Coutinho and players on the left-hand side. And the players are appreciating his efforts. Uh, you know what? The, the sky's the limit for him right now at the moment, and he's doing really well. So he's grabbing that chance that he got, uh, that he has been given, which was by unfortunate circumstances from Moreno's injury. But he's doing the best that he can with it, and he's doing really well. Yeah, he definitely is, and that's all you could ask now. Like we said, it's nice to have two competent left-backs this season, so long may it continue. Let's go ahead, Jeff. You, you had mentioned Ox, and I just wanted to point out Ox and Henderson and Genie. I thought all had a pretty good game in that midfield, especially, you know, like you said, Ox is now starting to, to get some chemistry with the other teammates and really is, is a nice link between everyone. I just In terms of that, that whole midfield, Jeff, they, they all had a good game, but especially Ox. Yeah, because it was the confirmation of what I had started to see week to week with him. I mean, his comfort is obvious in the stats. I mean, his pass completions percentage is, is high. Uh, his, you know, finesse going forward is is starting to show. I mean, he's got came away with one assist from this game, and I think that's only going to continue. I think you're seeing the difference of Ox under better management with Klopp versus Absolutely. him under, uh, under Wenger. He, you know, I think Klopp is getting the most out of him, and I, I think there's more upside with him. I mean, he's he's got pace, he's relatively young, and with that midfield, and, and it, that midfield is going to be rebuilt over the next 12 months, as we know, um, he's going to play a prominent role, the, be it in the squad or on an occasional start. Yeah, definitely. And Jimmy, we know Jurgen Klopp's a different manager than Arsene Wenger, and we know they have different ways of going about their man management. Um, but it seems now, especially with Ox, you know, he'd been at Arsenal for so long and you could tell the past, you know, there the last couple of seasons he was there. He was just kind of getting over it, especially not liking to, you know, be play, being played out of position. Um, you can tell, you know, he knows he made his move to Liverpool. He knows he needed to prove himself. Um, he's settled. He, he likes a lot of the teammates. It just, it feels like he's, I wouldn't say coming into his own, but, you know, he's kind of, he knows this is where he needs to be at and you know where he wants to succeed and it's showing with his work ethic it's showing with his attitude especially like in the Coutinho interview um I thought yep. it, it was amazing what he said for Coutinho with all the questions that Phil's been getting and I think everybody has known that that Phil wants to leave just the fact that Ox came in and said you know we don't those fair questions are fair he's been nothing but professional it just he comes in and he and he looks like he's been with the squad already for years he literally put his hand, his arm around Coutinho yeah. and protected him. That's, And I think it was you guys who were saying it in the Slack channel. That's captain material. That's fantastic. Ox, um, to go off what Jeff said, his passing is very accurate. 83% pass accuracy over the 19 appearances he's had for Liverpool in the Premier League and the, and the Champions League. Two goals, two assists. His pressing and his efforts, uh, I believe, led to, was it the foul for the first that led to Coutinho hitting the post. I yeah, think that, that was his effort. Kick too, yeah. Exactly, but it was it was Ox's pressing um, that that led to to that one two that led to Firmino definitely getting taken down. So that shows his effort. What about his effort when he took the ball away from Ibe? Fantastic tackle, got right up. Who now? And, sorry to interrupt, Jimmy, but did you see his his jersey now says Jordan on the back of it? Yeah, I, I don't understand hell? why. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Yeah, I was like, where's Ibe? Oh, it's just Jordan now. Get out of here. Get out. You know what? Um, 
I don't I don't want to talk too badly about Ibe. I mean, oh, I love Ibe. If, if I mean, yeah, exactly. If we remember correctly, he was the one who rejected getting a, an agent who probably would have asked for a much higher wage, and he decided to keep his parents as his as his advisors when he signed his new contract for Liverpool the season before. Um, he, he unfortunately was sold because his form just wasn't. You know, it wasn't in Klopp's plans, but yeah, I did see that. But what a fantastic tackle from from Ox. And then he immediately got up in the second half and he hit the post. Unfortunately, it would have been great had that gone in. One thing that I really like to notice about Ox, especially in this match, was that he's starting to build that relationship with Salah. The first 10, 10 minutes or so, some of his passes towards Salah were overhit. He was just trying to get the weight down, trying to trying to get a flow of how fast or what type of direction Salah likes to take. Um, likes the balls to go when, when whenever he's going to make a run. And if I if I remember correctly, Ox did have an assist that led to the Salah third goal, where it was I think it was his ball. And obviously Salah did all the work on the right hand side again, brought it onto his left for a fantastic goal. But again, you you start to see players on in the midfield, players in in on, as our fullbacks who are starting to build relationships with the team, and they're starting to get a good flow of things. And again, like I said earlier, if if Liverpool come off and they do a really, really good job and get a lot of points during this Christmas and New Year's period, Klopp's going to sit down and he's going to be very smug about it and he's going to have every right to be. Yeah, and that's the hope. That you, yeah, I know so you had mentioned earlier just uh, those four points that, that were dropped against Everton and West Brom and even the, the Chelsea game just on that jank goal. like That could have been six huge points right there. And so... You think about that, but then you also look at the run of form. I mean, Liverpool have been, you know, they've only lost two games this season in the Premier League. It's, I mean, it's the second fewest, I believe, to, to City, so, um, who, who are obviously haven't lost a game yet. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's frustrating getting a lot of draws, but at the same time, you know, we're scoring goals. We just need to kind of <laughs> fix the back, which I feel like we continuously say and have said for so long now. But let's go ahead and, and move forward. Um, you know, Jimmy, right back to you with Salah. I mean, uh, unbelievable. He has no right scoring that goal. That second touch with his right foot, too. I mean, he's just on another level right now, and nobody expected this. Yeah, right? 14 goals in the Premier League. I think he has, what is it, 19, 20 goals in the season already out of 24 appearances. 20, yeah. Champions 20 League. right now. It's crazy. That, that's amazing. He's got First four Liverpool assists, player too. since uh, Rush in like 86, 87, I think, something like that. It's incredible. He he also has a great pass percentage and seventy five percent passing accuracy, which is difficult when you're in the front three. And you know it's not like you can make the the uh, safe passes back or to the side, which there might be some criticism. There might not be because of the midfield who does that. But you know to have a seventy five percent pass accuracy in the front three, I think is very impressive. People are scared of him. Daniels just had no idea what to do with him after the first ten minutes. You could tell he was just scared. Uh, which you you can't blame the guy yeah. for. I mean, if Salah could try, you know, going down the right wing and cutting to his left three attempts before he finally scored the goal, right before the end of the first half, mm-hmm. and he could do it every single time easily. It wasn't even it was effortless the way he somehow still cut inside like nothing, and they couldn't stop him. Then that shows you the type of skill, that shows you the the fear that he brings onto these other defenders that that he's doing, and it's going to be. Great to see where he continues on going. And that was a joke earlier. I think I was saying it way way back in like October. I'm like, what? And Salah might not be here next season, but obviously that's not something that we want. We just want to see him continue on this form, building the, the, the relationship that he has with Firmino, that he has with Coutinho, that he has with Mane. They all seem to love each other very much. He's integrated really well. Now, 
will you guys be upset if there's uh, a little bit of a, I don't want to say a, a dry run, but maybe a shortage of goals? Would you guys be upset of, about that? Because I, I don't think I would be. I, it, it would be incredible if he continues on this pace. It would, I think I heard somewhere that it would be somewhere near 40 goals for the season, which is incredible, especially in the type of league that, that Liverpool play. Yeah, it would be amazing if he was on this run. I don't think any of us expect this to continue. It's, I mean, it, it's been crazy. Obviously, you would, you know, you could be upset. Like it'd be, fr- you know, it'd be upsetting not to see him, you know, break this record and continue this glorious form. But I mean, you can't really be mad at it. Uh, he's already got more goals than Phil, or he's now t- was it tied with Phil, or has won more than Phil in the Premier League than Phil had all last season. He's our leading scorer, so. You, you can only be pleased with anything, even if he doesn't score a goal for the rest of the season, which would obviously is, is not going to happen. But if that were the case, he still, you know, scored just as many as our leading scorer last season. So, I mean, long may it continue. Um, and one of our listeners, one of our buddies, who's a Bayern fan, Mark Isham, said, uh, you know, on Twitter, he said, Salah is carrying the Robin torch. You know where he's going to cut, but it doesn't matter. You're done. And Jeff, that's kind of what it feels like. I mean, you know he's going to try and get on that left foot. Yes, he had a great chance on the volley with the 1-2 with Firmino, which was a great, a brilliant 1-2, and Hendo started that. Um, and then the the right-footed volley that Begovic saved. But, I mean, you just you can't stop him right now. And, and it's just, like, don't let him cut in. Don't let him cut in. The same thing with Robin, and he still does it. Yeah, uh, he's playing with so much confidence, and I, you hope it continues the rest of the season. I mean, it could very well be because he's got his pace, which that's not going to go anywhere. It's just a matter of his, you know, blending his touch with opportunities and combining up uh, to the extent we can keep Coutinho through the January window and have him finish out at least the season. I mean, it's the distribution between all those guys. It's only going to get better as we move on to the season. It's going to be very interesting how we go into this winter period, the December schedule plus January that tripped Liverpool up last year. Uh, you've got added depth. You don't just rely on one Mane that can't stay healthy for the entire season. You've got Coutinho, you've got Salah, you've got Oxley Chamberlain coming up in form as we've been talking about. I mean, this attack, the more they play together, it's only going to get more fierce. I use that word in a sentence. Can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, and Jimmy, just to continue with that, you know, all those options that we do have up there, Mane, Rest, Klopp. You know, he the rotation is working at least right now in terms of our players staying fresh. Um, you know, a player who got the ninety, um, you know, a player who got the start was Phil. And I mean, what a goal! What an effort um, on target for the free kick. He's just whether he pretty much knows that he's going to be gone um you know and and i think everyone else knows it um you know he is still playing out of his mind and he's still giving it his all when he's in between the white lines and that's at least all you can ask for from him right now of course it's the same thing that ox said during the interview he's very professional he's had his injuries i don't think there's anything wrong with that Um, and he's producing if if he was not producing then i could see supporters his coaches, his teammates taking issue with it. Nobody's taking any issue with what Coutinho is doing because he's scoring almost at will and um, he's doing a very good job. And he's playing himself into form because the World Cup's coming up. And I understand that. I don't think it's just about the possibility of him leaving to another club in the summer, but he's trying to prepare himself so that he's at the top form for the World Cup because that's 
Exactly. Something that Chase has said on here, and he's also said it on um, on the other stuff that we he and I do. Which is, sorry, cheap cheap plug here, <laughs> Canary and Blue guys. But you know, Brazilian players love to play for for their Canary and shirt, you know, Canary and Blue shirts. You know, their, their uniform. That's what they play for. So this is what you're seeing. You're seeing Coutinho play himself into that form, which is great. I don't want to take any. Um, I want to take some time to talk about Henderson, guys, because uh, I know Jeff no. is uh, <laughs> Henderson's biggest fan. This is the type of match in which you could easily say Henderson did take, uh, in some sort or some form or matter, the, the game by the scruff of the neck. Ooh. Ten, the first 10, 15 minutes of the match, he was doing a lot of forward passes. Uh, there were times when Henderson and Gerard were still playing together when Gerard was not retired, where you could see Henderson had the potential of having those across the field, switching it up, Hollywood passes. He had somewhat of the accuracy. I was thinking he would continue to work on it, and I was excited to see it. Unfortunately, it did not continue. I don't know what it has been in this coaching that does not allow him to do that as much. But in this match, you saw one of the passes that he did to um, to Salah, which was a, a you know Hollywood ball, you could say that, a quarterback pass. But it was definitely... You know, over the top, pinpoint accuracy. Salah killed it beautifully with his left foot. And it was I think it was his second ball that he um, cut inside and he blew over the bar on this left hand uh, with, with his left foot. But the pass from Henderson was incredible. Henderson was running up and down the field. He was uh, creating or opportunities by doing those passes. I thought it was an, an incredible performance by him. Uh, he did not score. He, I don't think he even had an assist. But just the fact that he was out there pushing the ball forward like that, I think also um, influenced the rest of the team to do the same. Yeah, no, absolutely, and it's it's always good to see Henderson get a good game. And I don't think anyone on here, <clears throat> Jeff, uh, doesn't like Besides Henderson. Jeff? Um, but look, you know, hey, it's just, look, it's just the role that he plays, right, Jeff? I mean, it's just where Klopp is having him play right now. You got to proving that he can play versus Bournemouth, who's only a point off of relegation. I don't know. It's, any statement of how great he is for Liverpool, much less as a captain, right? So, yes, this was a solid outing for him, 109 passes, 86% completed. And, you know, it's a lot, a lot of good stats for him in that role. But, it's you know, it just proves, I think, that at this point in his career, with his speed and his relative lack of athletic ability, I mean, he's not a threat to goal. Like, his two shots were dreams at best. And so he's not necessarily a threat to goal at all and with his speed profiles his athletic ability he's more suited for championship level football or squad level football mid to lower table side not for liverpool so i i think is good day good on the day for him but you're not going to see him come say man city or even arsenal i i would hope anyway yeah, the weird thing with I don't him know. is, I feel I, like, Jimmy, really, qu- really, really quick, I just want you to, yeah. and also mention this if you can when you're when you're about to talk to him, is you never really know when he's healthy, you know, you never know when he's dealing with something because it seems like he always is, and then he has, you know, solid performances like this, and you kind of see what he can do at, I, I guess, the peak of his powers or, like, you know, the, the best that he can do, um, and you don't hate his performance, it's just I have to kind of tend to think that he just plays better in different roles. Well, no, he, yes, I agree with that, Joe. He definitely plays better in different roles. And it's really hard for him, for anyone to even consider having Henderson anywhere up higher in the midfield than he is right now or anywhere near the 
the front three that you just can't do that because of, there's just too much skill in front of them. But I don't want to take away um, anything from Henderson's performance against Bournemouth, you know, considering the fact that Liverpool had just drawn against West Brom and were not able to complete the job against Everton. I think this was one of those matches that were very important just because they're 16th in the table with 16 points, which is in the law, four wins, four draws, 10 losses. I still think that this was a very important performance. Um, we all have to remember that when in 13-14, when Gerard scored that penalty against Fulham, nobody was saying, oh, it was just Fulham. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... It's an important game. Yeah, all you, all you can do is play who's in front of you. And um, so, you know, it's, it's nice to see him get a good performance. Um, anyways, uh, Bobby Firmino scores again. So suck it to all the haters out there. Um, love Bobby Firmino. And <laughs> hope long may his reign as our number ta- n- number nine or at least staying in the side continue. Uh, I never wanted to leave Liverpool. I love him. Um, yep. what, a, what a ball by Coutinho. And what a, a finish as well by Firmino. So... Um, Really, really happy with his performance. Um, and, you know, Jimmy, while I got you on here, and before we get to our seat index rating, I know you believe that Jesus should be starting, you know, for the Brazil team, but do you not find it a little odd that they're still not trying to find a spot for Firmino, or is he just one of those utility guys off the bench? That's that's what he's doing for them right now. Well, the thing is, for Firmino, he hasn't been playing enough with the first the first team in in, uh, in Brazil to actually feel like he's got in the rhythm. I just don't believe he has the chemistry with the players right there right now because he's not starting. So you have Jesus up there. Uh, Coutinho, is he going to stay in the front three? Is he going to drop back into the f- midfield? We have no idea. And then you have Neymar. Who, Neymar, you could say, does some of the things that Firmino does for Liverpool. N- Neymar sometimes drops back to try to create something. He drops back, receives the ball, and then tries to play from there. That's something Firmino does. Firmino does really well with having players who run in front of him. Now, you could easily say that having Firmino play that role and just having either Jesus and Neymar in front of him just go crazy would would probably be best. Yeah, right. I just don't think that – yes. But I, I – yes, on my bias because I love Firmino and what he does for Liverpool, yes. But Chiche doesn't seem to, to look at it that yeah, way. Yeah, that's true. He, he has Coutinho up front. He has Neymar up front. He has Jesus up front. And that's the way he's been playing them. And Firmino barely gets a, a, a sniff at the, at the team every once in a while. And when he does, you know, maybe he doesn't produce the same way that he does for Liverpool because he doesn't have that team chemistry, as I've, as I've already said. And so Chiche's like, well, I'm just going to stick with my front three. And that's that's definitely an issue that that I've had personally that Chase and I talk about. You know, we want to we wanted to see a little bit more experimentation leading up to the World Cup. I think right now it's going to be too late for Firmino. He's, he might go to the World Cup as a, as a utility sub, which would be great. I, I definitely believe he deserves to go based off his club form. And I would love to see him go to the World Cup and possibly uh, turn some more heads by proving other ple- people wrong that maybe he doesn't fit the squad. Yeah, I'm biased, but I, I not only think he's going to go to the World Cup, I think he's actually going to make a difference and he's going to score a crucial goal for Brazil somewhere along the way. I just he, He's going to do something for them, so I'm looking forward to that. Hmm. But yeah, yeah, I just... I. I know he's not in their starting eleven, and I know that you know he, he doesn't get many minutes. But I just I have some strange feeling um, that he's somehow going to contribute in a big way um, in, in their uh, run because you know you, you got to think they're going to go deep in this competition. So, anyways, gentlemen, let's go ahead and move on to the seat index ratings. Jeffrey, I need a positive and a negative from you, my friend. Positive and negative. Okay, um, why don't we start with the positive? I'm going to go with Salah, not his. 
wonder goal. I mean, because that was amazing. But his celebration after, he like shrugged his shoulders. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. He's just like, eh, you he's know. Like, I he's just like, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. I, I, I fell down, oopsie daisy, and ball went in. Yeah, that's sort of typifies the season he's been having for Liverpool. I mean, everybody from club leadership on down is looking like geniuses for signing him, which makes Jimmy a little embarrassed because he's like, oh, my God, we overpaid or it dragged on too long. We should have paid him more money. Brilliant deal by the club. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> no, so, you pay for the – you pay – you Liverpool underpaid for Salah, and they almost didn't get him because FSG didn't want to fork over another $5 million. No, you're wrong, Jeff. FSG buying- should have just paid up front. Which was still going to be cheap compared to what Salad's actually produced from. So whether they played forty-five million or thirty-eight million, whatever that was, it still was going to be cheaper. So no, did, wrong. Did, did Roma have to sell? Yes or no? What the, that has nothing to do with it. Because it has everything we, to do. No, has nothing to do with it. Liverpool should have just bought him and got in and over with. Maybe he would have had five more goals by now because he would have had more time with the team. Who knows? Club needs to sell. You have no discernible competition. You go for your price. That's how that negotiation goes down. But anyway. No, wait. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> On to my negative? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> so my, my negative, of course, is um, Lovren's attitude in reaction to the almost <laughs> pull from, from Defoe. Just him and his waving his arms, his lack of mental strength. You know, it's just obvious. We talk, spent a lot of time talking about it, but that was my clear thumbs down. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Anyways, I'm not going to say anything. Let's move on. Jimbo, your positive and negative seat index, my friend. Uh, my negative seat index is Jeff uh, being wrong about FSG. It's about uh, <laughs> Jeff taking my negative seat index. Was that a about recent no. change there, Jimbo? No. <laughs> no, not at all. I, okay, no, for real. Positive seat index. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually going to give it a lover and fantastic headed um, diving header. The bravery um, to jump in there with boots flying everywhere off of a fantastic touch from Firmino. A lot of people were talking about Firmino's touch. Got to talk about Lovren's bravery at the same time. That was fantastic. That's definitely a positive for me. And how about Um, the reaction of that goal as well? I, yeah, I think he should have gone to Firmino first, but right. you know, for, that, and that's another positive. Firmino didn't give two shits. He ran straight to the to the pile, and he still jumped on Lovren. Yeah. He didn't care that Lovren didn't go straight to him. Shows you how much of a team player uh, Firmino is. Uh, Lovren needed it, so I'm going to give him that positive seed index. For a negative seed index, um, I'm not exactly sure what there was negative here, guys. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm coming up a little bit short because Jeff did take my the negative reaction from Lovren. I, I just don't like to see temper tantrums like that. And, well, and, and that's what... Negative seat index in the same game for you for Lovren. Look at that. Typical yeah, it's man, classic right? Lovren. Yeah, classic exactly. Lovren. Yeah, and, and you know what? That's fair, I think. Yeah, I'm just going to... Yeah, Jeff took it, but at the same time, it's it's the only negative thing I can think of right now. All aside from it's not January yet. <laughs> um. All right, I'll go ahead and... I just want to say Ox's uh, comment in the interview would probably be my positive... Um, for Coutinho, sure. just you know, everyone's been talking about it. Not much we need to say. I just thought it was class, um, or you know, clean sheet. Liverpool getting clean sheet is always a positive because uh, it rarely, rarely happens. Uh, my negative, I guess, I would say that you know, I, I was bummed. Carrius didn't start, even though I didn't really expect it. So I'll just go with most of the rivals won, except for uh, Spurs getting bashed by City, which is just happening to everybody else right now, anyways. Uh, yeah, you know. Arsenal are just squeaking out 1-0 wins and 2-1 wins and somehow just keep getting results, which is frustrating. 
um, and everyone else won. You know, uh, United won, even Everton won. Um, so in terms of the other teams, I, I didn't want winning. That, uh, that was definitely a negative. Um, gentlemen, let's go ahead and move on, and we're going to preview Arsenal a little bit before we head out of here. Um, but as we're doing that, um, Jeff, I need – give me, first of all, really quickly run through the squad that you think Klopp is going to put out for this game, and then give me your preferred starting 11, like what you would do differently, if anything at all. Who makes the team versus Arsenal at the Emirates? I, so Emre can come back. He's not off of the red anymore. So I would like to see him holding mid. I think Klopp goes for him in the holding mid uh, because Arsenal have speed pace, at, at least in front with Sanchez still in the team. So I would, if I were Klopp, I would put Jean in and I think it's likely to happen. I think it's an interesting pick to have Chamberlain back on the pitch versus his old club. I think he's, you know, as we've been saying, coming into form and getting along with guys. And I think it's time for him to, you know, leverage that little bit extra versus his old club. Um, so I think you'll have John Wijnaldum uh, and, and Chamberlain on the right. And if Klopp fails to play his, his uh, you know, strong starters again in the front line attack against the top side, you know, you can still consider Arsenal top. Maybe for Jack's reason, if nothing else, um, I, I would need to see Salah, need to see uh, Mane, and it'd be great to see Firmino. And, you know, I've sort of crowded Phil out. Um, that's kind of how it's gone recently. Um, he was out for the Derby, got back in for West Brom, and I think kind of stuck it to Klopp. So maybe he sits Coutinho for at least the half, you know, the classic Klopp sub late on in the game you'll come in the 70th minute when the game doesn't matter or maybe when we're tied and need to come up with a winner um so th- those would be my front and you know the back line will remain consistent you'll have gomez and robertson with moreno out and you'll have uh raggy and lavrin Lavren. And, and of course you're going to see minya lane back jimbo what about you my man um yeah you know what i don't think there's I think I, – I, I don't know if I want to see Jean in, honestly. Um, hmm. I don't know how I feel about dropping Coutinho into the midfield, having Ox, Coutinho, and Genie there, and then having Salah, Mane, and Firmino up front. I wouldn't touch the back four at all. It's it's a good problem for Klopp, uh, for Klopp to have, I think, because, you know, you, you if you have your strongest squad out there, including Coutinho, Firmino, Salah, Mane – you don't really have a super sub. You don't have someone who can change the game. You don't have a plan B. So I could easily see, kind of like what Jeff said, you have Coutinho um, as a sub. Maybe you sit Henderson. Um, but I don't know if I don't know if Klopp's going to want to do that right now. But I definitely want to see Ox out there. Um, I hope he comes out running and he isn't meek. Uh, the same type of performance that he had against Bournemouth, I think, would be fantastic. Could see some physicality, see some pace. Uh, want to prove Wagner why he shouldn't be playing as a fullback and why he deserves a spot in the midfield, I'd be happy to see that. Right, and that's the hope too. I mean, I would love to see him start, especially against Arsenal. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him in a pivot, whether it's, I can't believe I'm saying this, with this Chambo or Genie or Chambo or Emre. But, I mean, you know, the Ox is showing a little bit more defensive qualities, at least in just this last game. But even overall, since he's come to Liverpool, 
and maybe it's just a little bit more want. Um, I know he played right wing back at, at Arsenal and left wing back a lot, so maybe that helped him a little bit as well. But, um, I mean, he was going in for tackles. That, you know, he's able to track back with his pace, so I wouldn't mind seeing him and Emre kind of in a pivot with Emre sitting a little bit deeper uh, because I, I just I really want to see Coutinho, Mane, Salah, and Firmino that, that front four together. Um, and if that means having, you know, Ox in, in a midfield two instead of maybe Genie and Emre, which I think works, um, just because the way Ox has been playing, then then I'm okay with that. Um, and you know, what's the deal with Matip, by the way? Like, when does when is he supposed to return? Because I feel like I thought it was Cl- January. Yeah, still thought it was January. Is it still January? The la- well, the last thing I saw when actually the last time I was on here last week was was the report had said that he was going to be out for about a month, and the injury happened in the early like the first few the first weekend of December, I think it was. They were trying to get him in quicker, uh, trying to see if he could if he could heal faster. But I haven't heard any noise of him coming back in for this match, and yeah, I don't expect him to. Because Klopp said on Matip and Klein, you know, he said Joel is in a good way, running outside, but not available for the weekend. Same for Kleine. So, um, I mean, it's obviously it doesn't sound like they're participating fully with the team, but uh, you know, at least they're outside participating in, in something. So. Uh, you know that that would make a huge difference, but with Klavan playing the way what they he, the way he has been, um, which is just you know a little bit above average, which is all you need out of him, I would I would like to see Matip back on the side. So it's kind of a bummer that he's going to be out, um, you know, and and that we don't don't have Klein available as well. That's been a huge miss. I know that we're saying you know Gomez has been excellent, but with the Matip injury, I, I like and you know I I do feel like. We would see a little bit more of Gomez as a center back if we had Klein available. So, um, and, and yeah, in terms of the preferring start eleven, that would be mine. Um, is there anything, Jeff, that we need to look out for in terms of Arsenal? Um, they they're a weird bunch. I mean, they're getting results. They haven't been super flashy. You know, Lacazette has had a really good season so far. Um, Ozil's come on form of late. I think we can all agree that's because, you know, he is looking to be either getting a bunch of money from Arsenal soon or getting put in the shop window. Um, is, there, is there anything else you want to point out about Arsenal ahead of this game? God, even Jack Wilshire looks something other than dog shit. So, uh, you know. Oh, finally, so, Ali and I so, might have a point. Uh, oh, interesting. <laughs> well, Brian, it doesn't make Brian Painter any happier, but... Yeah, you're right about Ozil. He's uh, perfuming for acquisition, so we may may see another. And obviously, with the Emirates, so they're a little bit more comfortable there. Uh, Sanchez still seeing who's going to pick him up at the dance. Um, January might might be the moving month for both he and Ozil. So uh, I think it's honestly uh, it's more on our side than it is theirs. I mean, their back line is just as bad as ours. Uh, maybe minus two good left and right backs. So it could be that they can't deal with our front four much more than, you know, we can withstand their frontal attack. So I, I think Liverpool is good on the day. I, I think watch for Oxlade Chamberlain to get the ball in the back of the net versus little club. That's, that's my hot take. That would be amazing. Jimmy, this might set up, Oddly enough, somewhat well for Liverpool, seeing as how Arsenal at home, they're going to try and possess the ball clearly, and they're going to want to play you know, some some of what they normally have been, which is some pretty football. But that just, if we in fact do have Mane and Salah starting, 
that, that we just it's perfect for us in a sense that we can just sit back and break. You know, we usually aren't too used to that. You know, when we see we have a counterattack, how how well it works. Um, but with them wanting to possess the ball so much, it I don't want to say it might play into our favor, but I think we can play against a team like Arsenal. And we've shown it in the past. You know, we've scored plenty against them in the past. Well, you're right, Joey. We we have seen Liverpool have their way with Arsenal earlier this season. That was Salah's coming out party, wasn't it? I think, if I remember correctly, he had a brace in that match. It's I'm, I'm a little bit wary, though. Um, I don't want Liverpool to go in there thinking that they'll be able to just boss the game like they did second game of the season, if I remember correctly again. It's going to be a very difficult place to go to. Yeah, you, know, you, you have is. a reinvigorated Wagner. Uh, you have a reinvigorated Arsenal squad. It, it, it's I don't have much to add. I'm just worried about this one, which is not normally the case when it comes to Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, going up against any top six side, though, you're going to have you know your your worries. But um, you know the hope is is that obviously Liverpool they go there and, and pull out a W, get all three points. How are the? What's the best way for Liverpool to get that? Is there an X factor that you see in this game, or anyone you see succeeding? Well, it's clear if Wenger comes, you know, holds another high line like he did early in the season versus us. I mean, it's it's shooting match for us. So, it depends how they set up and you know whether they keep that or not. And you know, I think if Liverpool, their form away has been magnificent. You know, average, what, four or five goals in the last five away matches. I mean, it's our, our attack has been alive away for whatever reason. So it, no reason to think it won't keep up versus Arsenal, given their defensive frailties. So it, all about the defensive play. They play high. We're going to come to to extract some blood. Yeah, and I mean, Liverpool beating them last time out uh, 4-0. Um, and you're right, yeah, Salah... Um, he had, I think he had a, a goal in that game um, somewhere earlier. Maybe it was the second half. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Arsenal against the top six, pretty average. You know, lost to Liverpool. I uh, believe they drew against Chelsea. No, they for sure lost to City. Um, and then I think I know they beat Spurs. That was kind of a, an interesting game. But they just lost to Man U as well. So, um, like you said, their their defense is pretty pretty frail. Um, even with Koscielny in there, they're pretty bad. So, I think they're there for the taking. And um, guys, let's before we get out of here, score predictions. Jeff, what do you got? I've got two nil, just to be oh, conservative with it. I mean, it could go sheets. What? It could, I know, it, but then again, this is yeah, it, and it is Arsenal with better attack and Ozil in form, but you never know. And we gotta gotta feel it for our defense because Lord knows they can't feel it on their own. Oh, yeah. Brutal. Just absolutely brutal. But I like the call. You know, that would breed a lot of confidence in the side for sure. Jimbo, what do you got? I'd go 3-1 Liverpool. All right, that's a fair score. And I'd have to – I think I'd agree with that. There's We're going to ship a goal. Maybe it's 3-2. It's usually a pretty exciting games when we play Arsenal. So, gentlemen, appreciate you getting on. Jimmy, uh, where can we find you on Twitter? And also uh, mentioning Canary and Blue, guys. If you – anything Brazil, please go ahead and, and uh, listen to the Canary and Blue podcast. You can find it on footballpurist.com. Um, and Jimbo, where can we find Canary and Blue and yourself on Twitter? Thanks. Uh, yeah, Canary and Blue on, on Twitter, as you mentioned. Uh, for me, it's uh, Jay Trejon. And uh, I think it's underscore FP on Twitter. That's where you can find me. <laughs> Brilliant. And Jeffrey? Jeff underscore Hallett with two L's and two T's. And you guys can find us on Twitter at TalkOnFP. As always, gentlemen, appreciate you getting on. Talk on as always. Well.
Talk on, talk on, talk on. Talk on, brother.